I'll have what she's having. Welcome to episode 28 of the Our Better Half podcast about sex over 50. I'm Laura Listermensch, a middle-aged infamous prude, the host. This is August 14th, and I am recently back from the Woodhall Sexual Freedom Summit, which will be the topic of the next few episodes, as well as interviews with people that I met there. Since I have a house guest... Say good day. Good day, mate. Perfect. And so many fun things going on. The format is going to be different here. And before we're done, we'll hear a bit from two special guests. Let me start by explaining what this Woodhull Sexual Freedom Summit thing is and why I went. If you read the official description at sexualfreedomsummit.org, Woodhull Sexual Freedom Alliance's 7th Annual Sexual Freedom Summit is an event where everything comes together in spectacular conversations about sexual rights. And that's accurate. But it may not mean much to you, so let's try a longer description. Quote, the Sexual Freedom Summit features human rights activists, sexuality educators, and researchers, professionals from the legal and medical fields, authors, sexual freedom movement leaders, and organizational partners, all working towards the time when sexual freedom is fully recognized as a fundamental human right. Unquote. Okay, but what is sexual freedom? When I first heard that term, I pictured naked people frolicking in the sun without judgment. It sounded like freedom from inhibition, from being uptight, from prudes. And I'm an acknowledged prude, someone who is conventional and private and unrevolutionary and profoundly vanilla. So I found myself at this event and I learned something important. I am a prude, but I'm not a scold. More on that later. I got a better idea of what sexual freedom means, though, at this event. Sexual freedom is, in theory, about human rights. The Sexual Freedom Summit is, in actuality, a writing of human priorities. This was a week where hundreds of incredibly thoughtful people, caring deeply about other people's rights and happiness, got together. I know. It's sex, so it's easy to just think of people pursuing their own pleasure and fun. And much of it was fun, and I did hear that there was some pleasure going on. But there was real work going on at this event, challenging assumptions and fighting for human rights, because to pursue one's sexual happiness means having good and personally appropriate health care. It means living safely in one's gender and identity without persecution or threat of violence. It means freedom of consent and to deny consent. Sexual freedom means access to good information and choices. It means being able to engage in relationships and encounters legally and openly. It means being empowered to pursue one's yams without being yucked by others. So at this event, there were presentations and discussion of a really wide range of topics, but they all came together under this umbrella. There were presentations and discussions of sexually transmitted infections and also about being faith sensitive. There were topics around aging, around disability, about parenthood. There was attention to sexual and birth trauma and to the persecution of sex workers, talking to one's doctors, operating businesses that involve sex, censorship, creativity, internet savvy, and vaginosis. There was discussion of mental health and the military 
quite a lot of things. It was exhilarating. It was intellectually challenging often, and it was emotional. There's one aspect of this event, though, that I neither expected nor will I soon forget. These sexual freedom folks take their social justice really seriously and not strictly about sex. We all are living in a time when Black Lives Matters and an election year, um, identity and disruption are the order of the day. But frankly, most people who don't have to deal with that, who do not have to grapple with that, just don't. If an organization or a prominent person is faced with questions or simply not allowed to placate and avoid these topics, they usually spend a lot of their energy being offended that others aren't delighted with them for being progressive enough. So when I walked into this event and did, as I do, the count of minority faces, I was pleasantly surprised to see a lot more diversity racially than I had expected. The big surprise was that the sincere effort for inclusion that Woodhull obviously already does very well of gender and sexuality was not just seen in the choice of keynotes or a few panels, but it really was the animated thread throughout the event, which I watched with great interest and fascination. I am old enough to have seen this sort of inclusion done badly. I've seen it done in token effort. I've seen it done on a one-shot deal and forgotten, and I have to say that I was impressed with the wonderfully sincere and personal and, of course, inevitably awkward and confronting way that I saw it happening. I'm an outsider to this community, so I can only speak as an observer and a newcomer, but it gave me hope for the non-sexual freedom world that so many people were willing to make themselves vulnerable and heard and engaged over four days on a topic that they were not on the surface there to confront. So for this week, a short episode and two other guest voices that I think you'll enjoy. One of the many people I met last week that I never otherwise would have was Nina Hartley, the actor, who has excellent taste in workshop topics because she was there for most of the ones I chose to. And uh, she is a longtime board member of the Woodhull Foundation. She's a well-known figure in the adult film industry. She's starred in hundreds of films and is known for her activism in sex education and for being a feminist porn star. I'm involved with Woodhull because I believe in the fundamental message that sexual freedom is a fundamental human right. And what does that mean? Um, it means that people have a right to be free from violence. They have a right to free access to medical and health care and sexual health. They have a right to family, um, however they define it. They have a right to, to develop their erotic lives in a way that is meaningful and sustaining to them and their partners. What I like about Woodhull is it, it, it brings together all the disparate um, Threads, people working on the sexual field. So they, they bring in sexual health. They bring in people, uh, sex and aging. They bring the uh, sex and uh, the experience of being sexual in uh, brown skin and black skin in this culture and what that does to a person. Um, I think they had a track on men's sexual health this time because in the big feminist push um, of the last 45 years, you may have noticed that men have gotten actually a very short shrift. Oh, who cares about men's internal in, interior lives? You know, about patriarchy. It's like, no, men are people and men have feelings and men, men need to have support for becoming more fully human. Um, women need support for becoming more fully sexual and men need support 
to become to becoming more fully feeling people and not being considered not manly because of, you know, all, all the things. Um, so Woodhull Woodhull affirms our individual right to our safety in our lives, safety in our physical beings, and pleasure in our physical beings, and seeks to make bridges and make connections and expand um, the number and kinds of people who are working toward this toward this goal. Um, and Victoria Woodhull, if you look at her, she was a bad ass. She, her, her ideas are radical now, and she died in 1902. Not sure her birth address, you know, but she, 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 she was radical in the 1870s and 80s, and she's radical now, which tells you how little our culture has evolved in the, in the issue of sexuality, especially sexuality in women. Um, but, uh, Victoria Woodhull herself, you know, she she believes in the single standard in free love, um, that men and women both should be able to have lovers as long as they wanted, as short as they wanted, as many as they wanted for however they wanted. And she believed in only I think her her belief was only loved children should be born. Um, like Margaret Sanger, she saw the effects of just repeated and unwanted children, uh, what they had on on women and, and their ability to be equal in the world. So um, the idea that something from so long ago is still so radical and so reviled um, is very telling for our culture. Before we go, I want to introduce you to Mandy Farsas. She's the director of the Sexual Freedom Summit. I had a moment in the hallway as the conference was nearing the close, and I asked her how she was feeling. So my name is Mandy Farsace, and I am the director of the Woodhall Sexual Freedom Summit. And the summit to me is four days of amazing sex positivity, learning in our workshops, um, fun at our social events, Uh, And really, I think the most important thing about the summit, which is something that I actually have nothing to do with, is the people who show up here, the like-mindedness, the positivity. This is four days of a bubble of wonderfulness. You know, every year when I come to the summit and the volunteers show up on Wednesday night to do our bag stuffing, and we all hug each other, and it's like coming home. It's a family reunion. And that ex- that extends to our attendees as well. And so for me, this four days, even though it's exhausting and I don't sleep <laughs> uh, and I sort of eat, <laughs> um, it is, it's the place where I get energized for the entire year. Because I know when I leave this place, I'm going back to a world where I'm going to hear people talking about Trump and I'm going to hear sexism and racism and all of the icky things Uh, but I know that there is a place that exists in Virginia for four days every year that is my bubble and there are people in the world doing the good work and so I leave here on Sunday and I'm tired and I look a hot mess I'm sure Um, but I am like ready to go and energized and recharged so that is what the Woodhall Sexual Freedom Summit means to me and um I love it. I look forward to it every year. It's my favorite four days of the year. Much more to come soon. I arranged for several interviews with people I met in Alexandria, and here are some of the things I'm going to be talking about and sharing in the next few episodes along with these interviews. Designating my pronoun 
on my name tag. The biggest surprise I had at the unisex bathroom, meeting many of my previous podcast guests in person, the great compliment I received and the most charming offer, gender fluidity, sex at conferences, daytime nighttime garb at conferences about sex, what was in my swag bag, my clitoris ring, the aging consortium day, and of course, a little bit on the individual sessions that I attended. Check out the show notes at ourbetterhalf.net. Remember to subscribe or add your name to the mailing list for notice of new episodes. They may be coming out not just on Mondays. Now, old people, how are those orgasms going? You may be old, but there's always time to fit a nice orgasm into your day. Hey, this is Dan Savage from the Savage Lovecast and Savage Love, and you're listening to a Swing Set podcast at Swing Set FM. 